Welcome to the Sherlock's Weekly Highlights podcast with me, Georgie Courage-Cole. This week, I'm joined by Charlotte Collins, Maya Lucky and Carla Christie. So, first of all, let's talk about TV. I finished Dr Foster in the gym this morning. I'm really confused because I thought we had very much agreed that it was rubbish. It so is why rubbish. did you watch the second series? I can now confirm it is absolute rubbish. <laughs> it was just so chaotic. It was just yeah. so bad. It was so far-fetched. And, I mean, I, I really liked the first series. I literally had no idea what was going on, <laughs> and it was just insane. Yeah, <laughs> like so, completely insane. So, it's just so badly written. I keep saying it so badly. Written. Yeah. That's not even waste much time on it. Yeah. Other <laughs> than to say, it was also a really indulgent ending. That's. Sort of... I thought it was a sad ending, though. I, I felt. That, yeah, Did I you? thought it was quite heartbreaking to see the boy. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I was on the treadmill, so it kind of hurt my I just she was sort of quite breathless. And, into the camera, I thought that was all a bit... Bit OTT. Yeah. yeah. They've definitely she... eked out that storyline for far too long, I think. I know. Yeah. I, I don't think, think they should have carried on the second one, but... No, well, they're clearly planning a third. <laughs> are they? Oh, yeah, they will. And, you know, it's funny because we all are panning it, but ultimately eight, eight and a half million people watched yeah. watching it. an episode. Mm. I mean, that's huge viewing figures in this day and age, so, mm. you know, it's doing something right. Let's also talk about the George Michael documentary, <laughs> which I watched last night. And this has been really... Height up, mm. and it was. I don't know. Who, is there, did anyone else watch it? No. I watched some of it. Well, I found it quite weird. It's quite weird how Kate Moss starts it. It's yeah, a bit I didn't. Mastermind. Yeah. She spins around in a chair. She's definitely <laughs> had other people <laughs> lessons as well. Yeah, she yeah. sounded a lot like posher a than she normally does. She's yeah. like a bonjour village. Her, her Croydon accent has definitely gone. Yeah, I know. Aww. It's funny though because it's not funny at all. It's sad because he was supposed to be around when it came out right, and he was not yeah, so he talks yeah. about what his legacy might be and how he might be remembered and that has just a really n- another meaning because he mm. obviously is is sadly not alive but it's interesting in some ways there's lots of great characters cindy crawford linda angelista you know all the supermodels that were in the freedom video and you kind of realize what videos were like back in those days when music made so much money and um you, know, you didn't have the, like downloading culture that we have now and how much money they paid to get all those supermodels so he has them he has elton john he has Emmanuel Alt. He has all these amazing people, but I don't know. It sort of becomes a bit more about Elson John starts talking about himself. Yeah, but he's quite indulgent. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so not like the Whitney Houston yeah. documentary. You know, there's nothing about drink, drugs, all the trouble he got into. A lot about his um, relationship with his with his partner who died, mm. which was just heart wrenching. Mm. And and I think that was um, from the bits that I watched, that was quite poignant. Yeah, he was involved in making it right. Yeah, yeah. So so that's quite sad in a way then, because obviously he didn't want his legacy to be no. the drink and the drugs and yeah. that stuff. So you know, because he obviously wasn't trying to promote that in this. So then it is quite sad mm. in a way yeah. that that's that obviously mm. now he's gone and that's such a part of what he's remembered. And for. ironically, Sony the ones that produced it, and he's you know obviously did the whole point in the story was that he'd seen them as yeah. well. Oh, really? Yeah. Very interesting. Ultimately, I did read a review and the takeaway of it was, or, or the sort of headline was that George Michael was a great songwriter, but he's not a great documentary. <laughs> oh, he's the best songwriter. Yeah. I, I listened to the Ladies and Gentlemen album. It's like the, the album of my youth. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? I mean, wow, I was such a Wham fan, yeah. but I, I got to that point with Wham, like I did with ABBA, where I couldn't listen to anyone. It made me feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, for Carla. Oh, God. Oh, God. Carla, so for anyone listening, Carla is in an ABBA tribute band. So if anyone wants an ABBA tribute band, email podcast at sherlock.com. <laughs> yeah. And we can help you out. Um, I, uh, I was a big ABBA fan. You know, who doesn't like ABBA, but you know. I don't. Oh, sweet. <laughs> 
Oh, well, there like, well, you go. You got to that point as well. You got to the point. Anyway, as you watch the documentary, you do realise what a big part of, well, for me, yeah. being 36, it was in my childhood. Has anyone been watching The Apprentice? Yeah, I've watched the first two. Good. I mean, it is good because it's the same format every single year, nothing changes. But it's also not good because of that. Because I'm looking at certain characters and thinking, you're exactly the same person as <laughs> that man from last year. You're as dumb as that yeah, woman yeah, from last yeah. year. They Where do they find them? Someone from my school was on it a couple of years ago, but I can't remember. Me too. Someone I know. Well, this oh, is you the first. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 it was me. No, someone I know <laughs> from school was also on it. She didn't do very well. But this is the first year that I have not watched The Apprentice. Oh, I have watched every say, episode I you were and every fan. series. I'm a massive fan. I'm oh, like, you know, I, entrepreneurs, I love it. But we are so busy with SL Live, which is going so well and so exciting. Can't wait for the next episode to come out. There was a lot of laughter yesterday. <laughs> well, we sent it around everyone, wasn't there? Um, but I just feel like I'm such an all or nothing. I don't really have the time to commit to The Apprentice yeah. right now. I also think it's not, it did start as this like great show of like entrepreneurs and people really trying to make it in business, but inevitably it has become a bit of a like reality yeah. TV yeah. format. Someone did say at the weekend, they turned on the TV or the TV guide or whatever it was, and there was X Factor and there was The Apprentice, and they were two things that really needed to die. Yeah. Oh, God, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry, X Factor. Really? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh, it's that, no, it's had it Now, yeah. I love it. That's when I know about it. It's like you're Strictly. We're about to enter Cozy Winter Time. <laughs> I'm a bit sad that Brendan might be leaving Strictly. Anything else? Did anyone watch the Louis III documentary? No, I've not seen it. No, I really want to. Richard's putting his hand up. Is it good? <laughs> is it good? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want the yeah, podcast? It was, it was just really, I mean, it was heartbreaking. And was this the heroin one? It was, yeah. So there's three, so there's um, the next one, it's uh, sex trafficking and then murder, I think. I mean, obviously all quite bleak subjects. I know, I did yeah. see that it was heroin that had taken over a whole village but, or something. I thought, oh God, I don't really yeah. have the energy to go there yeah, tonight. It was just, it, the main point was that it was, because it was quite controversial that all of the people in the documentary, they all became hooked on heroin because they were overprescribed opiate painkillers. So, and oh so you have God. this um, different view. Like, I think there's a stereotype, I think, with heroin addiction that people get hooked on it from really hard drugs. But every single person in this documentary had been prescribed opiates, and that's what the that's what the epidemic was about. Because the pharmaceutical companies had basically overprescribed these, these drugs. Yeah. And, yeah, and really if they bad. stop giving them, they, then they but they cut them heroin. off. Yeah. So they yeah. cut them off, and now the cheaper and more available version is to get heroin. So that's um, why. Why were they all being prescribed? It was it. Oh, it was back then because yeah, they had because they were making money from it but it was it was it was heartbreaking it's one in ten babies are born um, dependent yeah. on heroin and they're in withdrawal so they're like it's just it's so horrendous. heartbreaking one in ten where sorry in this in this, village, in this yeah. um, cool. where is it huntingdon so um yeah it's one in ten babies and like eleven thousand overdose in a year in, oh where? in this just this one area in america it's crazy and they were treated for all sorts of different illnesses it wasn't like everyone had one particular illness. yes oh my god that's yeah. horrific yeah. Um, and one in four in the population are addicted, which is just so high. One in four? Yeah, if that population, yeah. Addicted to heroin. Mm -hmm. Did he, did Louis Theroux do that crystal meth documentary? Yeah, yeah I've seen that. So yeah, I watched that one years ago, but it's draining to watch, aren't they? He's really fascinating to watch. He's oh, just, he's mesmerising, and he yeah. just, he manages to kind of, just the way that he interviews people is yeah. just genius, clever. I think. Yeah, really, really clever. Really clever. He comes across as not very clever by the questions mm, that he yeah. asks, and but he, yeah, yeah, it works. <coughs> he's one of my biggest crushes. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. oh no. Louis Theroux would be in my people to ask for dinner. Yeah, me too. 
think that's not the same as what she just said. <laughs> <laughs> no. You're really hot. Oh, my God, no. Sorry. No, 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 sorry. <laughs> yeah. He sort of could be, but he's is, is too much geek in him. I yes. think that's why I really like him. Oh, he's your no. shouldn't, but you definitely would. A really interesting kind of journalism and, and reporting. I've been reading The Psychopath Test oh, by John Ronson. Yeah. It's not new. It's, yeah. it's a few years old, but... Hang on, John Ronson wrote... He was the guy that did the podcast, The Butterfly Effect, that we talked about yes. a few months ago, about the effects of porn. Mm -hmm. That's actually... I reckon it'll be, have a bit of a resurgence because it's coming to iTunes yes, in November. Yes, I'm waiting for it to come, right. yeah. So he wrote this book called The Psychopath Test, which you would love because it's, he goes into prisons, basically. It starts, it's kind of like a chain reaction. He, somebody goes, comes to him with a mystery and it leads him down this path of finding out what a psychopath is and how they kind of are actually really prevalent in our society and how there are loads of psychopaths, people who are like clinically psychopathic at the top of business, mm. um, kind of in all forms of Ooh. business. So yeah, really interesting. No, 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 no. I you would I love it, Georgie. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. No, I don't, not that kind of, you know, I can take it, running I can banks take it. And running banks and, running, and politicians and what the bit that I thought you would love is when Donald he goes Trump. into there we right go. exactly. Yeah. Um, but basically, there was a guy, a, a kind of really eminent psychologist, who developed a series of um, kind of questions that you can kind of literally you can just tick if they have X amount of these things, then they are a psychopath. So he goes into prisons, interviews people who are psychotic or who have committed really bad crimes, and kind of analyzes how these people kind of learn to function in our society. Fascinating. And sorry, it's a podcast. No, it's a book. It's a book called Psychopath Test. Really? I've heard yeah. lots about it actually, because yeah. it is it's quite just, old. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's like five years old, 2012. Um, I need a new book. But it's great. Uh, and the other thing, I'm going to sound like I'm just kind of really obsessed with all this weird criminal stuff, is a podcast called Dirty John that yes. I've been listening to. Have I'm you listened as well? To that. Yeah, okay, yeah. how many are you, are you in? I think I'm three in. Okay, so I've got five. the one with the syringe yes. and the rose? Yes. So we ran a story on it this week. It's basically kind of the new serial. Um, it's from the LA Times. They kind of did this expose on this guy and then turn it, subsequently turned it into a podcast. And it's basically just about this really creepy guy who marries this really normal lady yeah. and the effect he has on her and her family's life. But I mean, he is like, I mean, talk about psycho. You should read this yeah. book having listened to that podcast. Really... Literally, I'm like, check, check. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. so creepy. Great. It is good. My reading list sorted. <laughs> I feel like we need to move the shared arts offices to North London and I'm going to have a commute and I can <laughs> consume all this media. It's true. I was so horrified that no one had seen Working Girl or Overboard. Oh, I love Overboard. <laughs> it's my favourite. We wrote a list of the 27 movies that every millennial should watch. Basically, these are all the movies that I grew up with <laughs> that I used to watch on repeat every day when I used to get home from school. Cocktail, Dirty Dancing, Pretty Woman. Yeah. Um, actually, we didn't put Pretty Woman in this list. Yeah, it's there, it's there, don't worry. Yeah, it's there. Oh, we did. Yeah, Pretty yeah. Woman and numerous others. And anyway, I, how many of these have you actually watched? This so is, this I've, I've done a dot down the side of each one I've seen oh, and a question mark next to the ones I've never even heard of. Which ones have you not heard of? Empire Records. Oh, yeah, I haven't watched that, but... Heathers. How have you not watched that? No, no, it's really bad. I need to watch that. Video <laughs> kill. <laughs> That's Kate Winslet, isn't it? No, it's um, Winona Ryder. Which is the one with the lesbians, uh, and it's Kate Winslet. When she's, a, it's her first film when she's really, really, really oh, young. Um, oh, I can't remember what it's called, but I know what you Rich Nace, The Gift? No. no <laughs> <laughs> You're out. I can't remember what it's called. I know what you mean. Empire Records. Yeah, yeah. Heather's Moonstruck. I haven't heard oh, of Oh, that's and Cher, isn't it? Moonstruck's um, crap. And Desperately Seeking Susan. That's crap, too. Okay. That's, that's but I have some favourites on this list as well. Yeah, me too. So, like, American Beauty is like one of my favourite yeah. films of all time. Okay, what else? Uh, Pretty Woman. 
obviously. Obviously. Uh, and the first wise club, I absolutely love. <laughs> that is, I absolutely love that movie. Love and that. also four weddings, obviously. Four weddings isn't really a millennial. It, it's not quite. It's it's a bit later than. Yeah, movies. I suppose. I feel there's um, quite, there's quite a time lag between sort of <laughs> Heather's and yeah, four weddings, so. isn't there? I did watch. Working girl. Did you? I did back at this. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it is really, really good. Oh, good. I, I did enjoy really it. Like it. It's definitely up did there. Did you really? Are you just saying that? No, no. <laughs> I honestly did. It, it, it is really, really good. I did enjoy it. Oh, it's, it's very like so inspired. It's by you. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. It is. It just, I love it. If you haven't, no one's listening. They haven't watched Working Girl. Yeah. Please go and watch Working Girl. I love her voice as well. She's so like. She's hello. so good, and it's such an amazing cast. Melanie Griffith. Yeah. Scorning Weaver. Harrison Ford. That's the Dolly Parton song, isn't it? Baldwin. Isn't that the? 9 to 5 song from Working no. Girl. Oh, no, there's an actual movie called 9 to 5. The Working Girl hey. song, that really slow one, is so good anyway. Lots of homework for everyone. So last week was London Cocktail Week, and we wrote a great piece on all the things that were happening, which are now not happening. But I thought it would be interesting to hear where you will go for cocktails with the girls. It's something I'm asked quite often. Someone was asking me the other day, they were saying, oh, I fancy a girls' night, where do you recommend? And I was recommending the Mondrian. I like the fact that you've got Dandelion on the ground floor, which just won best London bar. Mm -hmm. I think it's, yeah. Or I think UK, it's one of yeah. 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 I think it's no, I love it. It's pink velvet, Tom Dixon interiors. And then um, you've got the Sea Containers restaurant if you want food. And then you've got the rumpus room at the top, which is really fun. They have DJs. Yeah, yeah. So I love that. If you kind of want to go to one place, I think the Mondrian's great. I also went to Monkey House, which I love. I've just like launched Monkey Lounge, um, which is really cool. And then they've fun. done it. It's so fun. Yeah. They've done it like a sort of really gorgeous sitting room almost, but quite cool. But then there's a DJ and I don't know, it's just, it's right up my street. So, so I've only been that. for dinner at Monkey House, but I know obviously it opens up into a bit of a club. Yeah, they kind of push been the tables night? Back. Have you stayed there late? Yeah, and they push the tables back yeah. and it's really fun. That's, I don't need to go to a massive club. I'm too old, but I, I quite love... like the fact you don't have to leave. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, that's... because we're old, Georgie. <laughs> no, I agree with you. There's no, not a lot of places in London yeah, that do that. And yeah, and moving away from it. Yeah. The, the day of the super clubs are over. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't exist. I like yeah. Alberts. Alberts is great. If you're a Shilak's VIP, mm. there's another mm. Alberts offer coming up. Um, but yeah, I'm all. But again, Alberts, you can go for dinner. I'm all yeah. for somewhere where you yeah, can go if that's your night. I don't mm. want to fuck around. And yeah. <laughs> where would you go for a night out? Um, I quite like Shoreditch House. Um, and I love going for cocktails at Mark's Bar at Hicks. Yeah. It's quite yeah, cool Hicks inside. Yeah. yeah. And um, I really love there's a cocktail bar in Bethnal Green called Satan's Whiskers. It's like a bit of a speakeasy. It's kind of like quite dingy, but really good cocktails in there. Good old fashioned. Yeah. And they play quite cool music. Mine's a bit more sedate, but I love the Zeta Townhouse, the Marybone one. I've not never the been there. I always it's think it looks really, really cool. Well, it's so cute. It's like all kind of like fake chintzy and old yeah. worldy. Um, velvet like, sofas. Yeah, velvet sofas. Yeah. And quite kind of, decadent. Yeah, it yeah. really is. But it's so, it's all, well, now it's, I, nobody go there because it's always really easy to get yeah. into. So um, yeah, I always like to just like pop up. And it's really, yeah, and it's lovely. You can just go kind of and pitch up there for like a whole kind of afternoon evening okay well i'm gonna check that one out mm -hmm. for sure the other place that's really good to go is the experimental cocktail club on gerard street well anywhere that the experimental group touches is pretty cool if you ask me and actually i just went for my anniversary to their new hotel the henrietta hotel which is basically like the sister hotel to, to the pig eye in paris which is the one that everyone's talking about um anyway i really recommend it if you want a night in a hotel in london that's not super expensive. Oh, I'm gonna get in trouble for that, but rooms start, I think, at about 250. And best thing about it, and the rooms are lovely and cool and quite retro, but the best thing about it is the restaurant. And foodies are really, really getting quite excited about the Henrietta's restaurant. And what kind of food is it? It's sort of continental but quite modern. Um, 
I don't know, things like salsify with nuts and white miso. And I don't know, it's just, it's really, really good. It's quite cozy. It's friendly and it's really welcoming. And people, people I know who are really into food are talking about it. And mm. um, yeah, we had a really awesome lunch there. So I really recommend it. It's in Covent Garden, so. I loved the, uh, the picture of the bathroom. Oh, yeah, the decor is amazing. Who doesn't want a pink bathroom mixed with marble? <laughs> I mean, that like, ticks every box, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a good place to go, whether you want a night away or a really good meal. Let's talk about what your Instagram photos say about you. Because whether your social media posts are really carefully curated or they're spontaneous and slapdash, probably like me, I'm trying to be better, um, what you share on your Instagram feed could be revealing more than you think. And there have been all these psychological studies that have found links between the type of person you are and yeah, the pictures you post. For example, if you use the Valencia filter, then you're likely to be popular, apparently. <laughs> I read this, I was like, excellent. I love Valencia. <laughs> so you're more popular. I think I'm probably more likely to be, I'm between agreeable or insecure by the looks of things. Wait, not really too wait based on which things? So I'm laughing and smiling mostly in my, I yes. say, in my pictures. And I do have a lot of pictures of Callum, so that makes me insecure, yeah, apparently. It means you're in yeah. love, that's what that means. I definitely don't have any of me in the gym. <laughs> so I was interested in the one that said, all the photos of you are perfectly framed, and you're probably really conscientious. Also, because of Lou, who's just joined us, I don't know if anyone's seen her Instagram, I love her Instagram. Mm. And it's very, she puts the same, she's got an amazing Tumblr account as well, oh, okay. and she puts the same filter and... Oh, right border and everything on her photos and I, God, I wish I could yeah, be more like that. that. I'm too slapped out and not conscientious enough, basically. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was quite funny. And actually, there's probably something in it, isn't there? I could really, I could definitely, I could think about people I know and what they do and yeah. definitely tie them up to certain yeah. character traits. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about fashion now. It's impossible to remember a time when a handbag hasn't been a status symbol, but ultimately, they have just got astronomically expensive and so out of reach for the majority of people. Well, there's been a bit of a backlash <laughs> almost because there's a 2.99 net tote. Mm -hmm. It's not even a tote. No, that's it's generous. A net sack. It's a grocery bag. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a grocery <laughs> bag that has been paraded yes. on Instagram by everyone. Charlotte, you wrote this piece. I mean, you can't have got to the end of it and thought that your argument held any. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ditch your bag for My, 99 I think... No. No. I mean, it's like... It's a nice idea. Yeah, it's it? a I think it's a really nice idea because I completely agree that the price of handbags is absolutely oh, insane. Yeah. Oh, so and it doesn't not, have holes in it. Doesn't everything... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> really, I mean, there's so you need a sort of con de gas on, you know, pouch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or like, you need to put your, like, Sherlock's And that's going to cost you a bag. They can all be so cheap and free. So, yeah, I really, I, I think if the choice is, you know, a Chanel or a string bag, I kind of get why you're going to go down the string bag route if that is now in fashion. Having said that, obviously, there's a lot of kind of mid-price, sensible handbags that you could be buying that are a lot yeah. more practical and a lot more <laughs> yeah. stylish. But I also, so I'm not a massive fan of those kind of mid-level handbag. I'm quite against them, actually, I think, because I think you're paying, paying a premium. I think with the designer brands, you, they've gone too far because, yeah, you've got the craftsmanship, but then they're kind of paying a massive premium. But then with the kind of more middle, mid-level bags, you're also kind of paying an even bigger premium, but it's still quite a lot of money if you don't have a lot of money. Does that I make sense? I would agree to an extent. Like, I do think there are bags that are on the high street that considered to be higher end high street that aren't worth the money mm. because you know they are just as cheap as probably yes. the high street ones when it comes to how they're manufactured but also at the same time I'm someone that couldn't afford a you know two and a half gram bag so I would choose something like that purely out of the fact that I 
can't afford the highest price point, but I still want a nice bag. So I don't want two ninety nine. No, I don't want two ninety nine. Oh my god, no. So I go the opposite way. I have to say, I'd rather take personally, if yeah, if I didn't have some lovely very expensive bags, I would take the fashion route as opposed to spending five hundred quid on a Yeah, but go you can go to Zara. Yes. Okay, fine. Zara does great leather bags. Yes. Yeah. They've really They do. I but I still think, yeah, as somebody who likes to wear fashion pieces, I still think that yeah, I would yeah, I would actually do it. Like, I still I don't think you'd ever carry a two ninety nine. I actually do think I would. <laughs> Maybe I'll buy one and prove you wrong. Do it. Well it's two ninety nine. I'll buy it for you. <laughs> anyway, uh, the other option is to go to a lovely brand like <laughs> well, was Mini Minute, now Demelier. You know, they are one of the few mid market brands. Who've actually you're getting better quality than you are on the high street, but you're not paying a massive premium because mm. it's Chanel. So that's a good option. Yeah, I laughed because I thought what you were going to say was that you could always go to Vetmore, who have done a £2,000 <laughs> version of the string bag. Yeah, this is true. Um, so the so day after Charlotte wrote her piece, yeah, praising the two ninety nine bag, yeah. Net, yeah, on Net Porter, we saw that Bedmore had uh, had uh, has created. Yeah, was that uh, a coincidence well, that it came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Copied the two ninety nine <laughs> yeah. bag in the same way that two grand, right? In the same way that Balenciaga copied that, the IKEA like. bag. Then I saw somebody of massive influence had one of those Bedmore bags. That's so not maybe. a sweet joke. I mean, they need their head knocking against the wall. <laughs> well, stupid. Well, from one ridiculous trend to another. <laughs> Forget sunglasses because this season the fashion crowd are turning to good old specs to make a statement. Nothing against specs. I also wear glasses when I bother to. I should do. Um, but you know, fair enough if you haven't got 2020 vision. But we are now seeing fashion icons with 2020 vision wearing, wearing glasses. fake glasses. Wearing fake glasses. glasses. I think it's ridiculous as well yeah. because you might have the opinion that fake glasses look stupid. And if you don't know me, you probably think I'm wearing fake glasses and I'm not. I'm <laughs> clinically blind, guys. <laughs> you think it's good choice. Brand name. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I think just think I've just got comfortable with silly. my glasses at the age of 25. I don't yeah. want it taken away from me because it's stupid fashion. Yeah. You don't have to wear glasses anymore. I do. I can't wear contact lenses. I can't wear contact lenses. Yeah. I spent two hours trying to put some contact lenses in. They were coloured ones, and I was really excited about wearing them out. And they had Tester written across the, <laughs> off the uh, over the front. And then I and I also had like really swollen red eyes oh. as well because it had taken me so long to put them in. So yeah, and, and I have to wear glasses. Wearing coloured. I would yeah. never put coloured lenses in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. So this is, I was only about 20. Yeah, they're dangerous, they are. So Carla, as a glasses wearer, what do you think on this trend? Oh, I think it's slightly ridiculous. And why, if you don't need to wear them, like, why, would, why you? would you? Agreed. Yeah, it's why kind of waste it's pointless, but yeah, it is a waste of money because glasses are really expensive. Yeah. The only thing I'll They're say is, some of the, they do look quite cool, some of the pictures. They do yes. look cool. Charlotte's yeah, nodding. Cool. Charlotte, so, would you wear fake glasses? Uh, well, I, well, I wear contacts every day. So I, to have glasses, I just don't really, I really just need a new pair. I don't like my existing ones. And I would also, I'm the same as you, I should wear them more actually, because as I say, I wear contacts every day. But I actually, you know, we, you and I were talking yesterday about the psychology of fashion a little bit. And I actually think that this isn't so silly because I can kind of understand why people might wear them in order to look a little bit more intelligent because that's, frankly that just it is whatever you whatever you it say negates people, it because they're wearing them in the first place and you don't need to so that kind of you nobody knows that, that. <laughs> i disagree with the because i read this line hipsters like to be taken seriously that's why they're no, they wearing don't. them they're idiots <laughs> i've actually felt my whole life that my glasses makes me feel like i'm not being taken seriously oh really yeah i kind of felt insecure about it and so i always think people think oh she doesn't look very cool or she's a loser therefore she 
you know, don't believe what she says, she's not really. That's how I've always felt. Really? Yeah. So I don't do I don't agree with that sentence. Just because you wear glasses, I mean you're more of an idiot for thinking if someone's wearing yeah. glasses that they're more intelligent. Yeah, but I just think I think it's a subconscious perception of people in glasses. So that might be your that might be how you feel about yourself. But I think that people who don't wear glasses know that that's how they perceive people who do wear glasses and that's why they're wearing the fake glasses. Is that why that you, do sense. you think I'm really intelligent Yeah, then? super bright. Why do you wear a monocle? <laughs> yeah, they, do, no one buy a monocle. <laughs> if there's a two ninety-nine toe, there's gonna be a monocle. Everyone's going to be walking around with there are no That's my dragon's den idea. <laughs> Whilst we're on the subject of fashion, I just wanted to mention Lucy Williams's latest collaboration with Missima because we ran a story on it last week and it's so good, isn't mm. it? Don't you think? Yeah. Rich came to me yesterday and said, Why does everyone wear Missima? I said, What do you mean? He's like, Well, I just chatted to Zoe and she was wearing Missima and Sam. Like, everybody <laughs> is loving Missima at the moment, it's true. And Rich is noticing, but it's great. The collaboration is so cool. It's I love really those like cool. St. Christopher style necklaces. That's what Sam's actually wearing. Yeah, so it's, it's the great. Roman collection, yeah. and it's sort of got yeah, like sort of ancient Roman mm. coins and things. It's really different. It's quite theatrical, I thought. Yeah, it's dramatic. Yeah, it does, yeah. and it's really interesting that she's had the vision, or they've had the vision, to create something really different to the first collection, which was so popular, and it's really unique. Mm. And I, I, you know, I think it shows a lot of talent that they've come up with something that's really different. And the campaign images of Lucy wearing it are just yeah, incredible, yeah. aren't they? It's amazing. So do check it out. Everything's under two hundred pounds, which is. Nice. We're doing a bit of a fashion run through right now, but John Missima, Bowden. Let's just talk about Bowden for a minute because that Bowden haul <laughs> was just phenomenal, wasn't it? I'm gonna say it now. I love Bowden. I mean, honestly, the haul like completely converted me. I wouldn't. I don't think I've ever tried on anything from Bowden before, apart from those blouses that we shot a while ago. I love it. It's so nice. I mean, There's so much good stuff. There really is. They're doing some really interesting things at the moment, and it's and I think they shoot things in a really good way, but it's a very Bowden way. And I think what you show trying on the clothes is it's not just that Bowden woman, mm, and yeah, it fits. Ultimately, it fits women yeah, they, really well. Really and I think that you know, try it on. Like, watch the haul if you haven't watched it. Watch it, and also their footwear is just so good, amazing. And yeah. we did a piece on the ten new season pairs of shoes you need from. You know, ankle boots to quartz to pumps to velvet flats. Mm. Love their velvet flats. It's just so worth a look right now, isn't it? Agreed. From Bowden to tights. How to look stylish in tights. I've got a bit of a problem with tights. Mm. Me too. Mm. Summer, I love to wear skirts. I just, in the winter, I just go, it's just all trousers, all trousers. Mm. And I would love to wear more skirts in the winter. I think it's such a nice look. Love that look at the moment of a knee-high boot or like a slouchy boot and a skirt and a big chunky knit. I'm also like, oh, do I want to spend that much money on a knee-high boot? I'm only going to wear the skirt. I don't know. And then there's tights. And then there's tights. <laughs> I mean, they've got a bad rap, haven't they, tights? They do. They're just not very attractive. No. Or comfortable. Do you ever wear tights, Charlotte? No. I'm the same. I'm exactly the same. Everything you just said rings so true to me. I, I like. I love the idea of skirts in winter because you kind of rule out a whole other like mode of dressing by only wearing trousers. Mm. But I like to be warm. I get when it's cold. Mm, I just. Me I too. I and tights just don't. So much. Yeah. But I feel like my wardrobe, therefore, or my look in the winter is very the same. Me too. I get so bored of it as well. I know. Yeah. Sorry. But if you are going to wear tights, what are the rules? Well, we said definitely stick to black. None of this, you know, skin coloured. Oh, God. Oh, oh God. Kate so Middleton so malarkey. Yeah. Shiny legs. Sorry. <gasps> Sorry. Can we just talk about Kate Middleton dancing with Paddington, Paddington Bear? Bear? How much trouble do you think I actually wanted to, to that. die oh, when I saw that's that. So funny. Poor girl. What? I mean. They went to Paddington Station to, like, wave off some school children. And they had a fake Paddington Bear, you know, like a man in a costume. And he made Kate dance with him and like took her hands and made her like do a jig and like tw twirled her around. But like, 
poor woman. I mean, first of all, well, you can't start twisting a woman who's been in bed for like three months with nausea. No, she's wearing a sort of shift dress. Yeah, I mean. Plus, Paddington's not quite the right height. Yeah, so she just is so uncomfortable. It's not great, is it? I, I was slightly hiding behind my hands when I watched that on the yeah. Daily Mail. Mr. Paddington was in big trouble, anyway. for sure. Yeah, so back to tights. Skin colour, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, make sure you actually invest because as nice as it is to be able to buy, you know, a super cheap pack on the high street, they're not going to last and they're actually not going to look good. There's nothing oh, worse but no, than those, I'm like... Sorry, I no, expensive tight. You you're going to yeah. ladder them anyway. Not if you get really, because I quite like the woolen ones. I think they mm. look quite cute. Yeah. And they, they don't ladder. Well, that's true. But that's more of a different look, I suppose. Yeah. But yes, they don't ladder. That's I quite like a low, quite a sheer black denier. You mm. know, like Kareen sometimes wears. Yes. She'll actually wear them with a strappy open toe, which mm. I can't cope with. But, and Lucy Williams again, yeah. talk about Lucy Williams. She She's quite good at rocking a really sheer yes. black tight. Mm -hmm. And I used to quite like the polka dot ones. Do you remember those? Mm. Yeah. The polka dot um, so another rule that we had was to be brave, that there's actually, you know, fishnets have been back in oh, a really I'm big way. There you go. So. Mm. You're cooler than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> it says here, by a selection, different tights serve different purposes. This just feels very dangerous to me. I feel like if I bought a selection of tights, I'd end up in some really bad outfit in this house. <laughs> you don't have to wear them all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I'd end up with like polka dot tights with yeah. some sort of horrendous PVC no. skirt. So what I meant more was to you know, buy like the kind of tights that Georgie was describing, you know, the Kareem style, or kind of go for the slightly thicker, more opaque version, you know, if you're wearing whatever, a leather mini with some in, or something. nothing in between. You just go really sheer or really dark, nothing in between. So if one of the fashion lessons you should have learned by now is go sheer or dark on your tights, um, what are the other 12 fashion lessons we should all have learned by now? So, well, I have some personal favourites on this list. So good grooming goes a long way is one of them. I think that is so key. I honestly think that you could be wearing something really unexciting and plain and if you've got a blow dry and manicured nails then it completely transforms maybe you need a blow i mean lovely okay fine not even a blow dry but you know just my you always look very groomed you've always got your makeup on you've always got your hair nice and i think i really i noticed that and it yeah it feels like you care and you make an effort and i think that's a good thing yeah i agree i think it also just self-worth makes you feel like you can present yourself a lot better like that's why i do yes if i come to a chip nail polish and can't put my eyebrows on straight, then I just feel horrendous yeah. all day, regardless of what they're wearing. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Do you mean pencil? Do you know yeah, what they don't have like yeah. thicker ones. <laughs> they are me. mine, guys, I promise. <laughs> okay, so good grooming. Okay. What else? Oh, looking after your clothes. God, that is something that I'm only just actually. My mum has been lecturing me for years, but I am so guilty of the chair. I didn't know about anybody else, but just having that chair where you just yeah. chuck all your clothes, it's awful. And I actually, I, did, I went to take some bits to be. I thought they were being altered, but they weren't. It's just like mending problems. I've had, you know, like holes that I've made or buttons I've lost. A hundred pounds I spent on Sunday having things yeah, mended that I've got looked after. But you can now suddenly wear them again. Exactly. And I had a pair of trousers in a little hole and I went and had them invisibly mended. Yes. And I've now got another pair exactly. of trousers in my wardrobe. So. Like, yeah, I took a Burberry trench to have some um, buttons put back on. He was like, oh, dry cleaning as well. And I was like, no. He was like, no, 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 you need this dry cleaning. I was like, oh. Like, yeah. just really, yeah, yeah, you're gross. <laughs> but like, yeah, really learning that actually to take to do these kind of regular yeah. maintenance things is actually really important. Carla, do you have any? Thing. I think just maybe dressing for your, like, know what suits your figure, I think, yeah. maybe. That's yeah. one of them. Um, yeah. mine, I think that one of the key things I always bang on about this is having a good tailor. I don't really buy a pair of trousers without having them altered. Mm -hmm. And if I don't have to have them altered, I'm quite excited and yes. I want to buy them in several colours. <laughs> I, I should do that, actually, because I always... 
I'm such a short ass. <laughs> Most of the trousers. Well, that tailor down the road, that one down the road, yeah, I, I just go and stand in there, take my oh, clothes really? off, and yeah, brilliant. I always remember it's a quote by Olivia Palermo saying that even if she buys something at H and M, she'll take it to her tailor to get it altered. Oh, so do I. Yeah, well, especially, especially at somewhere mm. like H and M, you need to do it even more because, yeah. you know, the high street is good at lots of things, but good fitting trousers aren't always. Mm. From fashion rules to dressing for success, because you know, as we've said. How you present yourself is so important in terms of how you're perceived in the workplace. So we spoke to an image consultant who works with lots of sort of London professionals um, to find out how to nail a workwear wardrobe. What points resonated with you in this piece? Um, I thought that the thing she said about uh, the kind of biggest mistakes that she sees people making is interesting and that kind of ties back in with what we were just saying that people's clothes don't fit and that's such a base. I see that so often with men on the tube as well you know those, those suits and you're like oh my god you just need your trousers taken in and your shoulders you <laughs> yeah. know it's so easy to but look. But men just need to get on board with the fact that trousers can be quite slim fitting now. Yes. And we went to a dinner party once and after too much wine, I was quite vocal about <laughs> the need for my host to get trousers that didn't look like he was going fishing, Ooh. wide legs. And, and anyway, he then did go and get cool. some slim fitting trousers and he was quite grateful. Yes, he's, quite, he's a cool guy, he's a good looking guy. And anyway, I was teasing him. And yeah, he took it in the spirit it was intending. But I do think men, yeah, have to get yeah. on board with the fact that trousers can be quite simplistic and it's yeah, a lot more flattering. So much yeah. Same for women, of course. Yeah, exactly. Although we're going the other way, aren't we? Now women are wearing yeah, 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 wide legs, yeah. kind of boyfriend jeans, exactly. etc. And yes. men are wearing skinny, skinny, skinny. Yes. But it's still about finding things that fit you well as well. So there's, yeah, there's a limit with those oversized pieces too, isn't there? Yeah. So yeah, I thought that her advice about interview dressing was really interesting. That's something that I, you know, you always see professionals kind of that's such a big question there's a big question mark over that and how to dress well and present yourself well for an interview um so i thought that was really helpful what, what, what did she say well she said just have nothing that you're kind of going to fuss with which is mm. so true you just know, don't wear something new for the first yes. time yes yeah. yeah and often i mean we obviously you know we have people walking in and out of here all the time for interviews and i often look at people and i think i wonder why you chose not necessarily in a critical way but like i wonder why you chose that to make an impression process? yeah what was the thought process here so i thought her kind of idea of just stripping it all back and going simple and unfussy was was really but she said good do advice. Something, wear then, one thing that's memorable when you go for an interview yes, like, like either that. a shoe or a blouse with a something with yeah. a color or I quite like that idea, like if you want to remember someone. We talked about my velvet blazer long after my first interview. We did, Do you remember? I loved yeah. it. I can Memorable. still picture you in your velvet go. blazer. <laughs> yeah, and I can't say that for a lot of interview ease. <laughs> I liked as well the list she said of what every professional wardrobe needs. Yeah. Um, a good trench, slim-legged cropped trousers. I so agree. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, we went to interview Samantha Cameron and I was wearing kind of slim leg crop trouser and she was like, oh, they're really nice. And it was just interesting that she picked those mm. out because I, and her wardrobe is quite geared towards working women. Yeah, so I thought it was interesting. Right, yeah. So the other thing she talked about were the brands who were really nailing workwear. So obviously she mentioned The Fold, which is just so brilliant for corporate women. Um, but the other one that we thought quite was expensive, quite fold, expensive, though. but you know, great if you're looking just for some investment pieces. Yeah. Uh, but the other one so worth pointing out is Cara Millen, who mm. right now are just doing such good, I mean, it's not corporate and that's why I love it. I think if you're looking for a kind of pull together professional wardrobe and separates that you're going to wear outside of the office yes absolutely nailing it and i hate 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 the phrase from boardroom to bar yeah. but <laughs> that does sum up yeah. what karen Millen are doing quite well lots of really nice sort of leather pencil mm -hmm. skirts and yeah. white blouses with ruffled collars or even like tighter knits that you could wear kind of from yeah desk to dinner would yeah. that great <laughs> another great one yeah. but there's, they've got great heels they've got great handbags they have kind of got nice jackets and coats great coats kind of everything you need to really kind of have a polished wardrobe i know i think it's really worth looking at i think people would be surprised if they're looking for workwear actually what they might find at cameron and the last point i thought was interesting 
was mm. is having your colours done still relevant and she said she thought so as a tool for guidance and direction I thought she was great and very knowledgeable I'm not sure I agree with that to me it was something at school I remember certain mothers had their colours done and, and it was oh they've had their colours done <laughs> and now they only wear mustard um, but I think it's advice for women who don't really know kind of where to start and who often feel that they're making mistakes when they're shopping and they're kind of buying things and then they don't feel great in them so I think it's if you don't yeah if you're kind of in that camp then it's a good way of going back to basics for shopping. But you're not restricted to one colour. <laughs> Do not wear head to toe mustard. <laughs> Let's talk about, well, organising your, your life was the piece and it was about journaling and how journaling can be a really positive tool in your life, whether it's just for getting stuff done on a day-to-day -day basis or achieving your dreams, goals, um, or just sort of having something to look back to. Uh, Kiki K, brilliant stationery brand that we love, uh, does these amazing journals. And we were inspired to do this piece having had Kiki speak at our Entrepreneurs Day. And she's a real journaler. Um, do, have any of you, do you journal? Have you written a diary? Do you set I goals? I found my old, old diary from when I was a teenager. So the word diary just fills me with dread. <laughs> <laughs> because it was so awful. Um, but I can see why, I think it could be like quite cathartic. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's a good tool to kind of make yourself feel better and be more kind of ambitious, I guess. My mum kept a diary when she was sort of in her mid to late teens, and she still has it. She talks about this guy that was a boyfriend, and it's just really, it's so funny going back and thinking, like, mm. what a nice thing to have yeah. if you could ever find the time. I feel like it's a bit of an outdated thing. Isn't so, it? yeah, I do not journal, but I have a kind of quite an overactive mind. And if I have a problem, then all the different kind of elements of that problem spin in lots of different circles. Mm. So, I do like to write that down. I write pro and con lists, and I kind of have like a brain spill of all the things I'm thinking onto a piece of paper. And that way I can like see it. I can structure my thoughts way more clearly. And actually, I did it the other day about something I put on a piece of paper, and Ben's, and I left it on the kitchen table. And Ben said he came downstairs and found it and thought it was a pro con list about like reason to be with him oh. and he said he freaked out when he saw it you know, not surprised it wasn't I, them related but yeah i find it really cathartic exactly yeah. as you say to spill i agree i'm not someone that um has a goal journal or anything like that and i actually think for some people it's quite hard to find the time to do something like mm -hmm. that in a day it's another thing to do but if i am having a particularly bad day or there is something on my mind i will write what would be probably considered a traditional diary and it makes me feel so much better. Where do you write it? I have a book and it actually is a Kiki K book. Um, <laughs> yeah, in the drawer next to my bed and I will write. I don't, it's not every day that I write it but if I am having a particular pepped up day or angry or even inspired, but it doesn't have to be negative emotions, I will write a page worth of why I feel like that mm. and I feel ten mm. times better for doing it and actually it's quite interesting to go back and read the next week mm. and think, you're an idiot, why do you do that? It's yeah. like yeah. talking to somebody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. But, and also you can be even less held back than when you're having the conversation. Sometimes you need to spill everything yeah. and then just be able to see it and you can be really honest because it's just for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's the same kind of thing. If you, if, you know, I don't know, if you've fallen out with someone and you, and you write a message yes. you want, and it's, it is really cathartic because you kind of think, well actually, you might be feeling one way at that time but then the week after you could have completely forgotten mm. about it. Yeah, so it's kind of a good, yeah. Well she said, writing in a journal can help us make the most of every week by embracing the power of reflection and self-awareness. Well Christina said when we interviewed her that through reflection we foster greater self-knowledge which allows us to recognise our thoughts and emotions. I agree, yeah, I think so. What I thought was really clever, what we did at our entrepreneurs event is in collaboration with Moo, we got everyone who attended to write their goals for a year's time on a postcard. Mm. We gave them to Moo and Moo will post them to everybody. Oh. 
in a year. Yeah, yeah. So and I just thought I that was that. So, oh, brilliant. Yeah. So you could say, right, in a year, I want to be promoted to this, or I wanted to have started my business, or I yeah. wanted to have raised my funding, or lost weight, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I never and think about that. I just think that I thought it was just yeah, so smart good. the way this yeah. is going to arrive, and yeah. you're going to feel a bit yeah. crappy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even just writing it down, you put it out there. Yes. So you know, yeah. you know, yeah. telling the investors. Yeah. 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 They always need to set now like a monthly reminder. Postcards coming in six months. You better get on the track to achieve this. So October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month and with nearly 56,000 British women diagnosed with a disease each year, we obviously need to do everything we can to raise awareness and encourage people to check their breasts. So yes, yeah, so Copperfield actually came to our last Health and Wellness event and did an amazing talk, really inspiring about how to check your breasts. Do you? Yeah, I mean, not religiously. They say you should do it, you know. Every month? Every month, yeah, and I do forget. But it's something so close to my heart and um, since that talk, it's inspired me to do more often, most definitely. Carla? I realise that I haven't been doing it properly so I do check but not again not religiously and mm. I don't think I've been doing it right no. it says <laughs> it says it actually says that it's quite good to do it in the shower with wet soapy hands yeah I didn't know that but it said to look out for a change in the size, the look and feel, a lump, nipple discharge that's not milky, bleeding from your nipple, changes in the nipple position, a rash, basically anything that doesn't, that normal. doesn't look normal. And what I think is really clever is that there's an SMS service from Copperfield. So if you're listening to this, go to the Copperfield website and you just sign up with your phone number. I think you send them a text and then from then on they send you a text every month reminding you to check your breasts, which I think genius. Is, yeah, mm. really clever. Can I just add that this week, I don't know if anyone else saw, trending on social media this morning, actually did a live breast examination with a doctor oh, and a woman. I've heard about this, yeah. Completely okay. topless, on TV, being checked, and being taught how to check. So, I mean, if you really want a how-to, yeah. that is something to search out for on social media. Interesting. Let's finish on the data's guide to ghosting. Because if you thought the words ghosting, benching, and zombieing sounded like lingo out of a new vampire Netflix series, we wouldn't blame you. But the truth is, they're actually the latest dating trends. Benching is hilarious. I'd never heard of benching. <laughs> or zombieing. I'd heard of ghosting, yeah, yeah, but yeah, zombieing yeah. and benching. So ghosting is where someone just vanishes. Yeah, mm-hmm. they just completely yeah. ignore you and yeah. go into the radar. Hour. No explanation, mm-hmm. nothing. Complete radio silence, mm-hmm. basically. And she, in this piece, it's quite good because it says what ghosting is, what to do about it, and then her opinion. And she says the best way to deal with being ghosted is to preserve your dignity, delete the ghost's number, <laughs> and eliminate them from the pool of people you give a shit about. Yeah, don't chase them. <laughs> don't ask them why. You just look at them. I think if you end up texting someone that's not responded to your text, they're not really going to get the answer that you want. Are you? No, 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 no. Nothing why good's won't you come text out me? Of that yeah. I do have a friend who got a ghosting apology like six months. Oh, later, really? Like out of the blue, he like completely void her off, and then six months later sent a message being like, "I'm just so sorry." Maybe he was benching really her. Awful. Oh, yeah. yeah, possibly. <laughs> did he? Did possibly. he use the verb ghost? <laughs> I don't think he did. Shame to ghost. So benching is where someone keeps you on the sidelines, mm-hmm. keeping their options open. Yes, that must happen a lot. I think that's that quite normal. Been benched, in yeah, or like done some yeah. benching. Yeah. She says. <laughs> she says. Oh, well, I like this. A word of warning, getting off the bench is unlikely to happen, <laughs> i.e. if you're shit at football. <laughs> I quite like how Bridgely on not want to be in the team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she is. It's, it's good, that's what you need to yeah. And actually, it's quite unfemale, this piece. Yeah. She's so yeah. direct. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, if someone seems eager but can't make a regular plan, goes silent for extended time between messages and just blows hot and cold in general, confront them. Tell them that you're an adult that appreciates mature communication. So I thought it was interesting how in ghosting, she's like, don't contact them. But if you're being benched, just tell them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that is not quite on. a grown up yeah, yeah. way of confronting it. And then the last one was zombieing. Has anyone heard of zombieing? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I think these were all 
built up at the same time. <laughs> they just emerge. <laughs> Zombieing is when someone you care about disappears from your life altogether. For weeks, this months, or even years, then returns oh, from the dead gosh, with an out of the blue text. So this is when they oh, ghost you and then they... And then they yeah. like, are resurrected. So yeah, that you're just not here from them for even like, in fact, my ex-boyfriend did this. I didn't hear from him for two years. And then I got a big apology text. He, did he get in touch saying he wanted back in? Well, kind of, it was kind of half-hearted attempt of doing that. It was just checking in to see what I was up to and saying how sorry he was. But no, there was no definitive, I want you back. But so, but in that thing, in dipping that, his toe in. But you might have been any of the three by him then in that case. Yeah. You could have been ghosted and you just right. would have <laughs> But how do you know which one you're in the midst of? <laughs> What a way to make At least he's still on his radar. No, but I think, I think if you're being benched, you're that, like, drunk and dial. Like, okay, yeah, cool, tonight, fine. I'm going to call, they're, on the, they're my reserve. You're but, basically their reserve. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But how do you know if you're somewhere between ghosting or zombieing? Because you thought you'd been ghosted, but then well, you've been I think the whole, the whole point with benching is that it's, um, you have seen them recently, whereas zombieing is they just disappear. So it's almost like a flip between yeah, ghosting yeah, yeah. and zombieing. Yes. But okay. yeah, you don't hear from them, but then you'll, you will hear from them yes. at some point. But like my friend, for example, she was ghosted, but then she was zombied. Yeah, right? so that's the natural, that yeah. does seem to be what happens. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Unless you never so you, you start off as a ghost. No, you start off with a bench. Because you're uh, on the bench yeah. as the reserve. Oh, and then, then, they don't even reserve. Reserve. <laughs> then they disappear. Goes. Yeah, you could go straight goes. Okay, yeah. it could be a straight goes, but if, if there's going to be a sequence, yeah. and that if all three are gonna happen, you're gonna bench ghost zombie. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> and really this is brutal. And any of them result in I'm not getting yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And on that note, that's it for this week. <laughs> if you have any feedback, then do email podcast at sheerlux.com. And we hope that the sound quality has been better this week. We are mic'd up and we would love it if you enjoyed that, um, to have your comments and your feedback. Uh, so do please rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. See you next week. Mm -hmm.